Look at this, Daniel chapter 5. I want to talk about the spirit of a follower. Say amen if you're there. Daniel chapter 5. Bear with me for a few minutes. This is some good stuff right here. What kind of spirit do I need to have as a believer? Verse 10. Sorry, verse 11. There is a man, and if you're a woman, put yourself there. In your kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy God? How many want... How many, how many want somebody to say that about you? There is a man, there's a woman in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your city, who is of the spirit of the holy God. I mean, that should be our desire tonight, to have the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, verse 12, inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this who? Daniel. Whom the king named Belteshazzar, now let Daniel be called and he will give the interpretation. So I want you to see right there in those three verses before we go to six. There was a spirit in him. We all have a spirit in us. But I want the spirit of the holy God. I want a spirit that affects people around me. Not the people's spirit around me affect me. That's the spirit we have to have as believers. The a spirit of a follower is that we're affecting others. We're influencing others. The power of God, the life of God, the love of God, the realness of God in us is affecting those around us, not the other way around. If you begin to get into some kind of funk that we're talking about in your life, in, in your spirit, and we all go through these times, just don't stay there long. If you begin to get in that, where you just get attacked and you get lazy, you get tired, you get bored, you get bugged, you get annoyed, you get whatever... And, and, and that spirit's just attacking you, you need to stop and say, God, I'm not going to let this get on me. I'm going to shake this off. Does anybody like being sick? When you get sick, you try to get unsick as quick as possible. You start taking vitamin C, you start taking pills, you start doing whatever you got to do to get that sickness off. Don't let the spirit of the world, the spirit of the antichrist, the spirit of ungodliness, the spirit of laziness, the spirit of whatever, get on you. Keep it away from you. Put a, put a hedge around yourself and say, I'm not letting anybody in my space that's going to affect my spirit and my relationship with the Lord. And Daniel did this. I want to show you this. I'm going to put my Bible down so I can read this. I want to I make sure everybody's looking at the Bible. If you don't have one, try to look on with somebody. Really want you to see something tonight. Go to Daniel 6. I'll just take a few minutes. How many would write some things down tonight that are the right spirit of a follower? And of course, you have to want to have that spirit. Can't make you want that, but I believe you do tonight. I believe you want to have that spirit. I believe you can recognize tonight that as the Bible says right before we read this, how many know that Jesus said in the last days that the, there'd be a falling away? There'd be a, there'd be a coldness. People's love would grow wax cold. So listen, if that's a, a forecast, it's almost like the forecast of the tornado. Get out of the way of it. Okay, it, 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 when, when that tornado comes through, you, you can only say, okay, well, I hear the sirens, 
They're, the, the, the weatherman's saying it's coming, and if it's coming to a certain area, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to get out of the way. And so Jesus is saying in the last days, there's going to be a falling away. Our attitude should be, God, not me. Amen. Not me, Lord. I ain't, I'm not letting that happen. And what I'm trying to do as your pastor and your shepherd and your leader is get you to recognize that it might be happening or you might be being attacked or you might be being pushed in that direction and you need to shake it off real quick and say, uh-uh, I'm not going to let that spirit fall on me. No. I'm not going to have that spirit. I'm going to have a spirit of a follower. I'm going to have what, what, what the Bible said in there in chapter 5 was, and write this in your notes, an excellent spirit. Excellent spirit. See, a lot of us would be maybe satisfied with a good spirit. God wants us to have an excellent spirit. Amen? Better than good. And we should want that tonight. Let's look at Daniel 6. I know many of you have read this before, but I want to show you a few things. <coughs> learn, learn to read when you're reading a little slower. In your time at the house, devotion, I hope you're reading, studying, hope you're praying every day. When you're reading, try your best to slow down a little bit, not just try to get a chapter in to say you got a chapter in, but try to read slow enough to where you get what you're reading. Amen. Even if it's a few verses, get it and be able to apply it in your life that day. Because we, as we look at a few things, I want to pull some things out. Verse six. And this is Daniel's a prophetic book. I believe it's a picture of today. And I'm going to show you that in a second of the of the days that we're living in. OK, the spirit of the Antichrist is on the earth. The Antichrist is not revealed yet, but the spirit is, and that's the spirit of anything Jesus. That's the spirit of the anti-cross, the anti-Christ, the anti-Jesus, the system or belief or relationship in the Savior. Amen? In the Son of the living God. Amen? Can you say amen? amen? That's here, and it's in this world, and God has called us to be different. I want to remind you tonight that the Bible still says the pathway to the Lord is still narrow. Right. Hasn't changed. It's not going to get broader as we get closer to the return of the Lord. As we get older in our lives, it's not going to get broader. It's going to get narrower. And many are called. But few are chosen. We have to understand that we're a select group tonight and we have to stay in that group. Okay? We can't say, well, I just, I just got my ticket. No, you got to stay in the group. you got to stay elite. I believe that we're elite tonight. we got to stay elite. We're the children of God. We're followers of the Lord. I believe there's a remnant of the Lord. I believe there's a church that's on fire for God tonight in this world. And as, as things get cold and bad around us, we can say, no, Lord, I'm not going that way. I'm going your way. I'm going to go straight. I'm going to go narrow. I'm not going to go broad. I'm not going to go backwards. I'm staying on the narrow path because it's still a narrow path. It's still a righteous path. It's still a holy path. Amen. It's still a separate and different path tonight. So look at six. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to, over, to, to be over the whole kingdom. Over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one. That the satraps might give account to them so the king would suffer no loss. Just look at that today if you want, just as, as maybe government officials, just for you to understand it in our terms, okay? Daniel's a government official. Believe it or not, there are some probably politicians that are God-fearing men and women, amen? 
I believe there has to be some out there somewhere. I know there's a lot of wicked and, and, and bad ones, but there's got to be some God-fearing politicians today. Amen? And so we see here that Daniel was one of them. There was a government system that today this would be symbolic of the government system of the world. It doesn't have to be just the United States. And it says that Daniel, watch this in verse 3, distinguished himself above the governors and satraps. Why? What was the Bible, what the Bible says? What is, why, why was he different? Was he better looking? Stronger? Was he, was he, what, was, what was the thing that set him apart? Okay? I want to tell you some good news tonight. It had nothing to do with his bank account. It had nothing to do with where he lived. Come on, somebody shout amen. This is a good point right here to get excited. Had nothing to do with the color of his skin. Had nothing to do with where he was born, where he came from. Had nothing to do with anything physical on this earth that could limit somebody. It said he had a spirit of excellence. That means any single one of us tonight can have that spirit. That means that we can live above the situation that we're in. That we can be greater than the situation we've been handed. We can be above all the things going on around us that want to try to what? Pull us down. Okay, he says he was above. Above is over. You know, the Bible says that we as believers are above and not below. We're the head and not the tail. Amen. You believe that tonight? Sometimes we need to remind ourselves again, hey, wait a minute, devil, uh-uh. Listen here, listen here. I'm not below, I'm above. Amen. I'm not defeated, I'm a, I'm a winner. I'm, I'm on top, I'm, a, I'm ahead, I'm above. God said I am. But how many know that when you're above, people are always going to try to pull you down and you got to stay above. You have to have a spirit of excellence. Listen, one of the things you can write down by spirit is attitude. Your spirit of excellence, your spirit of your walk with God has everything to do with your attitude. You've got to have a godly attitude. You have to have a positive attitude. You have to have an attitude of what I'm saying tonight that says, I'm not going to, let me say this before I go on anymore, that it's almost like when there's work being done, let's just say on this stage, we're over here and we're, we're tearing this stage apart. We're pulling it up like we did when we did over there. We're pulling boards up. There's three or four of us working. We're not going to work like the city where three hold the shovel and, and, and one works. We're going to work. We're all going to be involved. And the spirit of excellence is leading. The spirit of excellence is working. And if the other people around me begin to get lazy and begin to put their shovels down, I'm not saying you can't take a break. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm talking about the work. And, and they begin to say, man, let's, not, let's finish this tomorrow. Or they begin to stop. You and the spirit of excellence keep working. If you're running a marathon, you're running laps, and everybody's running, and all of a sudden someone just starts saying, man, I don't want to run anymore. And they start walking. What are you going to do? You're going to keep running or you're going to start walking with them? See, the world and the attitude of, of the world is always, I'm going to do what I want to do. I got my stuff to do. And we need to remember, this is not about you and me. It's about God. It's about his kingdom. It's about his righteousness. It's about serving the Lord and doing it unto the Lord. Amen. Not for Victory World Outreach. Not for me. Not for somebody else. But for God. When you remember that, you're going to walk in the spirit of excellence. When you begin to do it for people around you, that's okay for a while, but it won't last. When you try to please man and you try to do things unto man, it's not going to last. Amen. 
So it says he had an excellent spirit where? In him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps, watch this, sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Underline that in your Bible. He was faithful. Let me go back to four again. He says the governors tried to find some charge. They tried to find something wrong with him. What does the Bible say the devil is? The accuser of the brethren. The devil's walking around saying, hey, watch, look, look, look. And they're trying to find a way to accuse Daniel. They're trying to find a way to get him and pull him down from that place he's at. Did you know that that's what this world and the spirit of the Antichrist and the demons of darkness and the people around this world that don't love God, that's what they want to do? They want to pull us down. They want to pull us down. We don't have to come down. We don't have to let anybody pull us down. We can kick them off. We can push them down. We can push them away. But you better get a spirit inside of you of a fight. Amen. Amen? You better get a spirit of fight in you. And don't put your hands down and say, I'm going to quit and give up. You don't lose the battle by thinking about quitting. You just lose the battle when you quit. It's okay to think about quitting. Just don't quit. Come on. Give the Lord praise. Amen. It's okay to think about throwing the towel in. Just don't throw it. Okay to think about it. Don't do it. Kick them down. No, 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 no. Get in your right mind. Get that spirit of excellence and don't allow it to happen. Because he was faithful. And it says they could find no charge or fault. I'm putting a whole lot in this verse 4. I'm going to read it again. See what you pull out. The governors and satraps, the world, the demonic forces, the spirit of the Antichrist, the people around us, I'm throwing out, I'm trying to make this for today, tried to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault. Because why? Because he was faithful. Nor was there any error in him Fault found in him. Does it say he was sinless? No. We're not sinless. But we can walk a walk that's blameless. We can walk a walk where we're not able to be accused of anything. Yes, we're sin. Yes, we'll all fall short of the glory of God. Yes, we'll make mistakes. He didn't say that he was perfect here. It says there was no fault or error found in him. Meaning they kept trying to find a way to get him down. But when they, when they, when they wanted a response from him, he kept his mouth shut. Oh, that was a good place to say amen right there. You don't always have to get the last word in. It's better to say nothing. Take it. Let them, let them have it. Let them say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out here and remind you again of, of church work. Working in work, at work, at school, everywhere you go in your spirit of excellence. Trying to strive for the spirit of a follower. When people do you wrong or treat you wrong or talk to you wrong, whether they're having a good day or a bad day, whether it's on purpose or it's on accident, regardless of the reason, whenever that happens, you have a choice. You have a choice. To be above that. Say, I'm not going to come down to their level. I'm not going to allow their bad day to bring me down on my good day. If I'm having a bad day, I'm not going to allow them to make my day worse. I'm going to be above that. 
And the way I stay above that is my relationship with Jesus. My relationship with the Lord. My prayer life. My worship life. My reading the word life. My love life with the Lord. You can affect everything around me, but you cannot affect my relationship with Jesus. You can affect my circumstances. You can try to mess with my bank account. You can mess with anything you want, but you cannot touch my relationship with Jesus because it's spiritual, not physical. Not based on the good days or the bad days. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, or forever. He doesn't change with the bad circumstances. He's right there saying, stay above. Stay up here with me. Don't go down there. And remember, everyone at church, at work, at school, anywhere you go. Someone does something wrong to you. Someone treats you wrong. Whatever it is, it covers the whole gamut. Just remember. God sees everything. And God sees what you do. And God sees how you react. And so you try to be above reproach. You try to be above the situation. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to go down there. And I say, God, you see that. You see the attitude. Not in a way I hope that you would want them to pay for their actions. But understanding that everybody will give account for their actions. Whether we're in church or not, whether we're at school, we're at work, wherever we are, everything we do, God is watching. Amen. Can I give you a free verse tonight that'll take you a long ways? Matthew 12, 36 and 37 says, every idle word you speak. Every idle word you speak, you'll be given, you'll be given account to. That ought to sober you up. Come on, don't get quiet on me, church. That's some good stuff. Every idol where we speak. So that means I need to be above whatever other situation I'm in. I'm trying to show you a spirit of excellence that Daniel had and we can have if we want it. But it's not easy. It takes work. Not works as far as being saved. Works as staying there. Staying in love with the Lord. Staying in good standing with God. Y'all still with me? I'm going to read this verse one more time. Then I'm going to push on. The governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they couldn't find it because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found. Let's keep reading. I'll never get out of here. Then the men said, we shall not find. Oh, I got it now. I thought I was going to move on. This is even better. Watch verse 5. The men said, we're not going to find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. We can't get him in the day to day. We got to try to trap him in the God stuff. That's what this world, that's what this world system is going to do. That's what this world system is trying to do. Look at our government. Look at the laws. Look at the things that are changing. Look at, the situ- look at all the things now. When, when you're doing right and you're trying to stand up for something right, they're going to catch you in what you say. They're going to catch you in what you do. It's the same system coming back again. You say, we can't get them in the, in the day-to-day. We've got to try to find some way to get them, watch this, to bow down to our God. We've got to try to get them to bow down to our God. We can't get them to bow down in the daily things. Let's go one step further. That's basically what they're saying here. So the governors and satraps thronged before the king and said to him, 
King Darius lived forever. Read with me verse 7. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, satraps, counselors, and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you. Does that sound like something we're moving into? Except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Let's, let's do something to where they'll bow down, and if they don't bow down, they die. Sound familiar? I'm just trying to say something without saying it. Sound like something going on today? Bow down. Convert. Believe this or you die. That's the same thing coming back around again. And it's a, it's, it's a push against the, the law of God. It's saying, let's see if they'll bow. So, these, so it says in verse 8, O king, now O king, establish the decree. Sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians. Medes and Persians. This is interesting. Which does not alter. And then it says, therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. You want to understand really something really interesting for today? Just to bring something into perspective. The Persians is today modern day Iran. Same system. Okay? And we know there's many countries involved, but Iran's the leader. Iran's the one with the nuclear war right now. Iran's the one that's, that's funding and pushing. And so here we are thousands of years later seeing the same system be instilled again. And it's going to be bow to our system. Bow to our king. Y'all with me? I'm trying to show you an excellent spirit. Give me a couple more minutes here. Then it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing, he, that the writing was signed. Oh, this is powerful. This is, this is just, just if you don't get anything else tonight, get verse 10. Because this is what I'm trying to say. It's a choice. An excellent spirit is a choice. Please write that down. Please make it big and bold and underline it and circle it and highlight it. Pray over it and whatever else you want to do, please do that. That an excellent spirit is an attitude. It's a choice. You're not born with an excellent attitude. You're not just given an excellent attitude. You don't just carry an excellent attitude automatically. An excellent attitude is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Let me beat that real hard. It's a choice to be better, to be above, to be over. So Daniel hears the decree and he doesn't bow to the system. He doesn't bow to the spirit. Oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to work. I don't want to do whatever it is. He says, no. He says, okay, they're saying that I can't pray. Okay. Well, I'm going to pray out loud. I'm going to pray with the window open. I'm going to pray so they can hear me. I'm going to pray all day long. I'm going to make sure that they know that I'm not bowing to their system, that I'm not afraid of them, that my God is bigger than their God, that I love my God more than they love their God. That my God will pull me out of the fire. That my God will do a miracle right on time. Amen. That I'm going to stand for God and God's going to stand for me. Amen. There's something that says, I'm going to be loud about it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for all that believe. 
Something has to rise up in you that says no. No, enough is enough. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. All I can do is give you the message and you have to make the choice. I'm going to be excellent. I'm going to be better. I'm going to finish the race. Paul said, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. Y'all listening? He didn't say, my brothers and my sisters, we fought the good fight. He said, my brothers and my sisters, we finished the race. You better get an attitude in a sense. Don't take this wrong. You better get a Lone Ranger attitude in the attitude of your relationship with God. Not that you don't need to be at church. You've got to be here. Not that you don't need to be around people. You need to be around people. But you better get an attitude that if everybody else stops, I'm still walking. If everybody else goes backwards, I'm still going forward. If everybody else stops praying, I'm still going to pray. If everybody stops outreaching, I'm still going to outreach. If everybody stops tithing, I'm still going to tithe. If everybody bows down to this world, I'm going to bow to Jesus only. There has to be a spirit in you of fight. I'm not bowing down. I'm going to stay above. So he did that in verse 10 without reading the whole thing and gave thanks to God as was his custom since the early days. Don't try. When things begin to get difficult, don't try to all pull it all together real quick and make it right. You better be praying now. You better be working now for the Lord. You better be giving now. Don't wait till the economic collapse comes. Oh, I better start tithing. Better tithe now. Don't get on your knees when they make you go down. Come on, church. He says here that he did all those things. Now go ahead and read it. Look at it real quick. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Watch this. As was his Custom since early days. Everything you do, God sees. Don't be the person that says, okay, I'm going to go to the prayer room and I'm going to pray with one eye open and see who else is here with me. Come on, church. I'm serious. You have to get an attitude. I'm doing this. I'm not doing this for... Pastor Blake, I'm not doing this for Victory World Outreach. I'm not doing this for the judgment play. I'm not doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for me. It is my reasonable sacrifice. And I'm establishing an attitude and a spirit of excellence. And the awesome thing about the gospel tonight is on Wednesday night, you can start with an excellent attitude tonight. That's what's awesome. That's what's amazing about the Bible. You could have came in here with the worst attitude ever. You could have been having the worst attitude ever. But you can leave with the most excellent spirit tonight. And in one moment, it can all turn and it can all change around. And you can walk out of here above by a decision. Because an excellent spirit is a decision. It's a choice. I'm not even going to have time to to go into the rest of the story. Read the story later. Many of you know it. Many of us maybe look at it like a cool Jonah story or all the rest and 
It's a real story. But I want to have you write some things down so as I close. Because if I, if I read on, I'll never get to the, what I want you to write down. Excellent spirit. You got that in your notes? Spirit of a follower. That spirit is excellent. If you're, if you're good, don't be satisfied with that. Say, no, I want excellent. I want excellence. Three things are going to face you. Write this down. I want you, this is a good message to go back over and go back over again and then check it out and look at it and look in the mirror. That's why I said this message isn't for the person next to you. It's for you. It's for me. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. Amen? Come on, tell the person next, just in case you didn't get that. Say, this message is not for you. It's for me. Amen? It's for me. Three things are going to face you when you try to have an excellent spirit. Number one, adversity. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers us from them all. Hallelujah. You're going to have adversity, Donnie. Amen. You're going to have adversity, Dylan. You're going to have adversity, Destiny. You're going to have adversity, Kendra. You're going to have things that happen, Wayne. You're going to have situations that don't go right, Jennifer. Things are not going to always be right. Adversity follows those who are doing God's will. Understand that when you're having adversity, it's probably because you're doing something right. And if you haven't had adversity for a while, then start doing something right. If you get too comfortable, something's probably not right. My pastor has a saying, afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. Amen. That's kind of what a message like this does. If you're comfortable, it afflicts you. If you're afflicted, it comforts you. That's the power of the word. Amen. You're going to have jealousy. Three things. Number one, adversity. Number two, jealousy. Those other people were jealous of him. There was jealousy there. They said, man, Daniel is excelling. If we don't do something, he's going to be the king. Jealousy. Jealousy exists everywhere you go. You and God. You and God. Number three. So three things followers are going to face. A narrow road. Again, the road is not going to get broader. It's going to get more narrow. God is not going to say, okay, you've been been doing good. Let me open this up a little bit. Let me me loosen, let me make the road a little wider. No, it's going to get narrower because he wants you to get closer to him, further away from the world. So you're going to face adversity, you're going to face jealousy, and you're going to face a narrow road. Also, not only the road you're on, you're going to face the Lord dealing with you in that wonderful relationship of an excellent spirit, saying, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. What is that? Whatever that is for you. Whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you. You don't need that. No, you don't need that. He's going to pull things away. He's going to ask you to pull things away. Why? So you can get closer. So the road becomes narrower. So you want less of this world and more of the Lord. It's going to keep pulling things away. You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. It's going to be a narrow road. Write these five things down to close tonight. Five qualities. I just gave you three things you're going to face. Here's five qualities. These are not five things that you just have. These are five things you choose to have. 
Y'all getting that? No one's born with these things. Number one, be blameless. I'm going to pull out some things we just read in the scriptures. Be blameless. I used to read blameless and say, I can't do that. God will never ask you to do something you can't do. He wouldn't ask you to be blameless if he didn't think you could be blameless. What does that mean? Sinless? No, not sinless. Let me tell you what blameless means. Let me write, write these things down. Above shame or disgrace. That's what the dictionary says. Above shame or disgrace. Shame on you if you do things that disgrace the name of the Lord. That's not blameless. Okay? We know that the majority of atheists in the world today are because of Christians. Right? That's a fact. Because they see a false witness. They see a fake testimony. I'm not talking to us here. I'm talking generally. In the world. They have everybody's excuse that they don't want to come to church is because of the church. That they don't want to become Christians because of Christians. Well, that's what Christian is. I don't want to be that. There are bad examples out there. Amen. Hopefully we're not one. That should be our job. Make sure that we're not one. And if we are, we repent. Change. Be blameless. Another thing that blameless says is free from sinful habits. How do I know if I'm blameless? I'm above shame and disgrace. I mean, I'm watching the things I watch. I'm watching the things I say. I'm watch this, watching the things I associate myself with. Okay? Facebook and lots of media things and lots of situations are great opportunities to be tied into something that you don't want to be a part of. Okay, be careful. It's not condemning. That's just be careful. Be careful with those things because blameless is above shame or disgrace, free from sinful habits. Number two, faithful. You're not born faithful. Faithful is a choice. Faithful means loyal, constant. Okay, as I'm saying these words, you're asking yourself, Lord, am I loyal? Lord, am I constant? Lord, am I above disgrace? Am I above shame? Lord, am I, do I have sinful habits? This is, this is not a message for your neighbor. It's a message for you. It's a message for me. Lord, am I blameless? Lord, do I have an excellent spirit? Lord, do I, am I faithful? Am I loyal? Am I constant? Listen, am I steadfast? Am I devout? Am I unswerving? I don't mean every once in a while. We're all going to have a moment where we're, uns- where we're swerved. We're going to have a moment where we're not as devout as we're going to be. How many are following me? This is an attitude and this is an understanding in a broad statement that I'm not easily moved. That I don't blow with the wind. Number three, an excellent spirit. You know what an excellent spirit is? It's when you begin to focus on these other things and the favor of God falls on you. Excellent spirit equals favor of God. Want favor of God? Want miraculous things? That, want to be in a position for the miraculous to happen? Have an excellent spirit. We saw that in the story of Daniel. How did he move up to the front? How did he move up to the top? Have you all read the Old Testament enough to realize that there was always adversity? Okay? Job, Joseph, Moses, Abraham, Esther, Noah... You can read all the stories. There was always adversity, but as they were going through the adversity, they were always going up in the position. They were always above and not below. They were always the head and not the tail. They were always lending and not borrowing. They were always going up. 
in their, in their situation. Because why? Because an excellent spirit puts you in a place to have the favor of God. Amen. Amen. How many want the favor of God? An excellent spirit will get you the favor of God. And you know what? It'll be unmerited favor. Number four. Matter of fact, sorry, on that note, write down Esther 2.15 and read the story of Esther later. It says, Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Okay? Daniel's in a real world. He's in an antichrist spirit world. He's in a government world. And he moved up. You can excel no matter what you're in. Amen? If you keep your relationship right with the Lord. Number four, and I'm closing, a prayer life. You are not born with a prayer life. I cannot hand you a prayer life. You don't learn a prayer life. You choose to have a prayer life. Okay, I've told you that many times what that entails. That entails starting with the uh, uh, organized prayer that we try to have to help you get a head start. Said it a million times. If you, if you don't pray here at church, how much do you think you pray at home? Oh, I pray a lot. I'm not going to say I doubt that. But if we can't do it together, how much do you really do it alone? Come on, don't say amen too much there. Prayer life. How much time do you spend with the Lord? And so there is an established time. We come and we say, look, there's a place we can pray. Let's, before we come up on this thing and sing or preach or usher or Sunday school, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm going to make sure I'm prayed up. We say, well, I prayed at home. That's good. But between home and here, all kinds of things can happen. Oh, y'all got quiet on me. Prayer life. I mean, sometimes when you're driving down the road and you listen to the radio and there's nothing wrong with it, it's a great song. God says, turn that off and talk to me. You're watching TV, you're doing something, and nothing wrong with it. God says, turn that off, spend some time with me. That's a prayer life. Having a set time in your day where you go and you get away from the world, and you spend some time with God, is a prayer life. That's a choice, okay? These are five spirits, sorry, qualities of of a follower. Last one is being consistent in all you do. Can somebody say amen to that? Consistency. You might be here, as I ask the musicians to come, you might be here and you might say that right there is my Achilles heel. Consistency. Man, I I, I want all these things. I do good certain days. Listen, practice makes perfect. You get an established uh, thing You don't get to a place where, where you pray because you know you're supposed to pray. There's times for that, but you pray because you want to pray. You outreach because you want to outreach. You worship because you want to worship. Daniel chose that day. He could have just gone home and shut the windows. He could have sat there and meditated and prayed inside his head. And they would have thought he was asleep. He opened his mouth. He opened the window. He got on his face and he prayed so they could hear him. So he would be guilty of doing what they said not to do. Okay, this is the cool thing about God. We are supposed to obey the laws. We're supposed to 
you know, be law-abiding. We're supposed to do all these things. But when it comes to God, we can be, we can be obedient to God and we can defy the whole world and say, Lord, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Amen? Be rebellious against the world, not God. Have a spirit that says, God, me and you. Me and you. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? How many want an excellent spirit tonight? Excellent spirit. I believe there's a, I'm never going to stop believing there's a harvest. There's a harvest of souls that God wants to bring in. We got to shake off the world. We got to shake off the spirit of the enemy. We got to shake off laziness. We got to shake off excuses. We got to shake off our past. We got to shake off what people have done to us. We got to shake off what people said about us. We got to shake off past problems and things that have gone on and say, no, Lord, I'm going to keep a circle around me and no one's coming in my space. Me and you are going to be good. I'm going to have a spirit above everybody else. Not prideful, because if pride comes in, you'll drop down to the bottom. But you say, no, Lord, I'm going to protect my space. I'm going to walk in excellence. I'm going to have an excellent spirit. I'm going to stay above. How many follow me tonight? Let's stand tonight. I'm an excellent spirit. There's work to be done. This is where you can be good, and you don't have to depend on everybody else. Me and God are good. This is where you can have peace in the midst of a storm. What you need to do a lot of times, this is, you, know why we, you know why we have worship? When we worship, we close our eyes and lift our hands so we don't look around and see other people. Because you don't want to look around and see other people. You don't want to look around and see the world. Look up at Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm worshiping you. If I'm the only one worshiping you. I'm going to worship you on purpose. I'm going to worship you Physically, I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. I'm going to worship you boldly. I'm going to let people know I'm a believer. I'm going to let people know I'm a follower. I'm going to be a Daniel. I'm going to have a Daniel spirit of excellence. How many want it? How many will make a choice tonight to be above this world system, above this world spirit? Say, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be different.